He said, what kind of times are this? When to talk about threes is almost a crime because it implies silence about so many holes. I remember, I remember to see a man who struggled because he carried a bullet in the leg. From Syria, to Turkey, to Denmark, to Sweden, working with a stick all the way. It, it makes, makes me angry, angry when, people when people lose, lose their, their lives, lives trying to pass through it the Mediterranean Sea. Trying to pass through the Mediterranean Sea to Europe. It makes me angry when people lose. Yeah. <laughs> 
J'ai traversé la Méditerranée pour arriver ici. Et j'ai des amis qui ont perdu la vie parce que ce sont des bateaux gonflables, au fait. Et à tout moment, n'importe quoi peut percer l'engin, puisque c'est en plastique. Et, et ça peut perdre l'air pour se dégonfler. Et là, vous êtes exposé à la force de l'eau, la force de la mer. Et c'est en cela que j'ai perdu des amis. Le voyage n'a pas été facile. Dans tous les cas, je fuyais une situation pour sauver ma vie. Après avoir été rejeté par la famille, j'ai commencé par prendre la route au niveau du Nigeria. Et au Nigeria, c'est difficile. C'est difficile de, de vivre avec des conditions, avec la peur. Ce sont des pays vraiment très difficiles, des pays vraiment très compliqués. Il n'y a pas le droit de l'homme. Maintenant, la traversée pour entrer sur l'Algérie n'a pas été vraiment facile parce que c'est un désert. Voilà. Donc, il a fallu que nous marchions pendant des jours, trois, quatre jours, dans le désert, pour pouvoir atteindre les bords de, de l'Algérie. Dans la souffrance, dans les difficultés, pas d'eau, pas de manger, rien. Le voyage en personne pour arriver jusqu'ici n'a pas vraiment été facile. Parce que moi, j'ai fait le Nigeria, le, le Niger, l'Algérie. La, le Maroc, l'Espagne, France, Allemagne, parce que je pensais qu'ici, c'était un pays où on pouvait avoir une certaine stabilité. We put on the sound recorder, which made us able to hear more than we could see in the night. The cicadas, the wind, the wind, footsteps of people arriving on distance and passing, the small talk in languages we had not learned. We bought phone cards, told people what was awaiting the next kilometers ahead. We put up banners that said freedom of movements. We tried to do some things, but felt useless. I remember getting into a verbal fight with the Croatian police officer because of the way they were splitting up families at the border when they had to enter into buses. Stop on Mark. They marked. We must be 500 persona per marken. Der er lys fra politiets biler og de ventende busser. Bagved os er grænselandet. Det er ingenmandslandszonen mellem grænsen mellem to nationalstater. Politiet råber, hvem der skal ind i bussen. De adskiller familier. <tryk> 
Vi siger alle sammen, det må I ikke. I må ikke adskille folk. Det er mod retten til familieliv. Vi gentager og gentager os selv. Vi bliver stående på marken. Min ven sagde, jeg tror vi er inde i poke, vi ikke har forstået endnu. said to be human is to be mobile for us to be alive is to move we are not plants we are not plants rooted in a single place from which we grow and expand in more or less constrained and restricted ways
in 2010, I came to send home and uh, I moved to Vibehold, after Odehold, I went to Yuland, Ebretoft, after Ebretoft, I went to Kloskamp, to Elbeg, after Elbeg, I got deported to Congo, to Kinshasa, I got rejected, I came back with the Danish police, and I went back to Sandholm, I stayed for two months in Sandholm, then I moved to Vibehold, Vibehold, Odehold, is this? Similar. And then I, I got my second deportation 2012. Then I moved to Elbeg again. After Elbeg, they cancelled my deportation. Then I came to Vibehod again. Then after Vibehod again, the camp was closed. Then I moved to Congolon. After Congolon, um, I moved to Shells Congolon. I went to Diana Lon. After Diana Lon, I moved to Kong Shells After Shells I've been moving one or uh, two times, one time in Shells one room to another. What is over in that room? The cafeteria. That's the ca with all the chairs? Yeah. That's the staff over there? Yeah. The three people? Yeah. Where are they going to, do you think? They come from here, mm. going to office. You like to see the cafeteria? Yeah, why not? Then I sit around. Oh. Ooh. It's a big kitchen, like yeah. industrial kitchen. Residence only. Residence only. Yeah. yeah. Means that I cannot go there. Yeah. <laughs> this is a. Uh, Service center, you know. I don't know what kind compound. of what kind of service. They're not doing any anything for you. They will tell you you are allowed here. You rise only three things here: place to yeah, place to sleep, and what you what you eat, can eat, small or so many. They will choose what you want. Will, yeah, Your food. and and they give you some some uh, bag with. Toothbrush and toothpaste and. Do you do you know why there are so many fences? Like we are walking on a on a on a long street right now. Yeah. And there is a big fence on the left side. Yeah. And do right you know, sides. Like. And your front everywhere. Yeah. And that that you cannot go there. Not allowed to go. On the other side of the fence? Yeah, no, yeah, straight. You cannot straight. go that. Yeah. You have to go only here. That building, I think, uh, Danish Refugee Council and uh, Red Cross, they are there. What but do they do here? They are just coming. Nothing. 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 They do nothing. Yeah. So they are, they are getting there. money there, they have a job there, but they do nothing. Just go there and take some coffee and some water and they go back you to the see homes. here, Danish Refugee Council. Yeah. In this way. 
These are money, money buildings, but nobody's there. Yeah, nobody there. I think it was here, military base, I think. You see these buildings? Only one gate half here only. You can enter here only, not another way. Only this gate. Oh, yeah. I think we have to back. Yeah. But this area is an old military area, yeah, yeah. right? Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. yes. It's, it's used for it was used for soldiers to train. You yeah. had yeah. oh bullets, and explosions at that time. Yeah. Those who come from uh, a counter with violence or fight, they will <laughs> they will run in the rooms. <laughs> it's like a, a déjà vu and Ooh. like get a. And a reaction from the trauma. Yeah, 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 yeah. The echo, the voice. <clears throat> How do you think if you see around here? Every business. Every day. You wear like Use fences. You may be shocked. Is this a prison? Hmm. They're compelling us to run away, but we can't. You see, the food, the hygiene, the buildings, the staff is looking, police, whatever. That means you are pushing to get out. See, we don't have any actives here. You know, sleeping. Wake up, go to the cafeteria, eat if you can eat. If you cannot eat, just leave it like that and come again in your room. No anything. That's only our, our daily life. You know, we can understand Denmark. is <clears throat> a very great nation. And they can give us what they want. Food, hygiene, everything. And this is a kind of depression. But we are telling them we are not running away. Just we are dying. We are dying here. I remember China told me how she became a number by being in the asylum system. I remember when a young guy died in my arm in Tranun camp in the fitness room because he had a stroke. The ambulance came late because they didn't have his ID number. The leader of the camp said they're just doing their work. I don't think it's a, it's a right price for a child to live in Schersmark. It's uh, not right for a single parent to be in Schersmark because it's really dangerous for single women, mostly single women, because uh, they get a lot of abuse. They get um, threatened with the criminal facade. They, they check our rooms. They open our rooms when we are having shower. They, they do a lot of things which can make a single mother who doesn't have a husband in their rooms. So it makes like a discrimination in the houses for where we are living in Shilsmark. 
the children are being discriminated and it's against the child convention. And I also think there's an issue of actually the torture convention. One thing is if someone was staying in a place like Sealsmark for one day or five days a week, but when it gets to be longer, there's an issue of proportionality. How long can you stay there where it's not a breach of those conventions and not a breach of the child's best interest? And I think um, that limits that limit have been uh, been broken. My friend said, what kind of mother can I be in this place? They said that the doctors in the camps always tell people to drink water to make their illness disappear. She's She's angry angry that people people look look at at her her with pity. pity. Like Like she's she's weak. When she survived, what none of them would never have survived. The guard at the entrance say that defenses is for their own protection. It's a card. You have to use your fingerprint to go inside in Schersmark and you have to sign three times with it in the police and which um, before they said it has a GPS inside, they are trying to convince people that there is no GPS, but we feel that it has GPS inside because uh, you have to check three times. It goes through immigration, through the police, and where they have to know if you're in, if you're not in. And you have to use your fingerprint to come inside, and when they open the gate, the new gate where we have to use it, it takes long time, like one, uh, 30 minutes to check in to go inside and uh, it makes alarm when it allows you to go inside it scan all your body it's it's a lot of things happening here so this is a, a way to register and keep data on where people people's whereabouts around the deportation camp and then like someone has also been to court for being outside for 15 minutes where at around 11 to 11 15 um, and I guess it's he's just been at, at the parking lot he couldn't go that far in 15 minutes but then you go uh, then you go to court because it's uh, they say it's a criminal offense and there's this either it's um, fine or it's a prison sentence because you haven't kept uh, the rules for the deportation camp She's She's angry angry about about all of of their their rules. They are angry to depend depend on the asylum asylum system. system. I remember to be scared. I remember to be scared. I remember to be scared in the camp. She's angry to be alone in the camp. She's angry to be alone in the camp.
Now the day uh, when she get told that she have to go uh, back to Africa, it was I never forget it. It was she couldn't eat uh, all the week. She was like in shock, and all week you could see she was all out of herself. I remember I was with my sister helping her to pack, and every time she start to pack her clothes, uh, she could not. All of the sudden she lost uh, her feelings in her feet and her hand. She could not move, so she we start to help her to pack. You know, she could not face the truth that she's actually in. Uh, in few days, she is actually going to go to a, a country that she have uh, run from. You know those feelings she ha- you had in the last moment where you are going to judge or going to the jail. You know it was the same feelings. It was the same feeling you see when you watch a movie when someone is going to execute it the night before. It was the same feeling I noticed live <laughs> with her, with that uh, with that woman. Uh, she was like all. Uh, faint in her face uh, the night before when she started to pack uh, all faint and she speaks so many things in different things in the same time she could not uh, know what to do yeah so she just sit there and cry and stop cry and stop uh, uh, go to her room from the end one end to the room to the other end and uh, uh, speaking and not speaking to take shower and then she come all wet and uh, she sit in the bed and she could not uh, she didn't want to dry because she told us oh it's going to dry by itself <laughs> because she was like really she didn't care about anything she just sit there and was all of out of herself and I think it's a so it was very painful to watch. You could see really it's very serious. <laughs> Nobody is here for fun, <laughs> you know. Uh, it's really, they could not, uh, they don't want to go there. There is a reason why. When I think about resistance in the migration political movements and resistance towards the asylum system and deportation, I think of this video that came from Schelsmark in March. It was a situation where police came to deport a family and picked them up. And so many people in Schelsmark gathered around them and yelled at the police and tried to stop the police from taking these people. And some of the people in Schelsmark filmed this whole episode. And I saw it on Facebook and I think a lot of activists in Copenhagen saw this video many times on Facebook. I think it left such a strong impression because the situation was so desperate and chaotic, but still people were actually doing some really powerful forms of resistance, both trying to yell at the police and keep them away and trying to take care of the family 
and especially the mother of the family who fainted and people were trying to take care of her, but also the resistance of documenting this and posting it and posting it again on Facebook so that a lot of people saw it. It said something really severe about the violence of the camps and the challenges of building resistance together across citizenship and across residency because when these things happen in the camp no one was there except for the people in Schelsmark. People could just watch over Facebook. Like we weren't there to support. We didn't move fast enough or it was really people living in Schelsmark were really left alone to resist in a way. And that made a really big impression on me I think. And it made me think a lot about solidarity and working together and what we can do and what we fail to do sometimes. It's like tent for them. Go back. It's like tent for them. Go back. Go back. It's like tent for them. Go back. It's like tent for them. Go back. Do you need help? Do you need help? Do you need help? Go back. Do you need help? Yes, slap it away. Go back. It's like help us. It's like help us. Go back. We will help. We can go to Kladister. Go back. These things are rules that we human beings have created. So we should listen to our fellows human beings. Uh, you know, we have rules, but we should uh, be critical about rules. And a way to be critical is to listen to other humans. Are you comfortable with that? So if it's not comfortable with that, so it's a very good evidence that this is not okay. So we should take responsibility, responsibility <laughs> you know, to change about it. So it's not okay. <laughs> She said, there are so many roots to the tree of anger that sometimes the branches shattered before they bear. Listen guys, we struggle 
for the abolition of camps like Shesmark. These camps are not for humans. Camps are a way of are a way to manage the consequences of Europe's wars and exploitation in our countries. And they are central to keeping social inequalities in the world. Camps kill people socially, politically, psychologically. The camp is used to cover over the fact that all over Europe, including Denmark, the laws that dehumanize us cover the interest of very powerful transnational companies whose business rests in our systematic dehumanization. Among these, com these are companies that produce fences, building material, security, know-how carrying companies. As a child in Denmark, he's not a criminal. He's living many years in the cross camp since we came to Denmark in 2010. We have been going all the cross camp in Denmark. I've been in Ebek, Benkrim's nation, for my child and me, living in that cell with my son. My son, he needs peace. Not him alone. Children from Afghanistan, Iran, Syria, all of them, they need peace. This year we've been actually been having this protest because the new camps was established. We've been living in camps for years now, a lot of us. I myself for an example for almost four years now. And we've had a lot of other people who have lived for 25 to 30 years. These are people's lives. They are worth something too. They are human beings, just like you and me. So we've come to let you people know that it is unworthy and it is ignorant for the Danish society to ignore this and pretend like it never happened. One hand doesn't make a sound, but two hands can clap. His friend said, His friend said, Let's invite a bus of students to come and see the condition we have to live under. The old man who has lived there since the place was officially a prison said, Let's just burn the place down. Another one said, Let's not make more placates. It makes us seem uncivilized. My friends say that the protests have made them brave. But she's afraid it creates divisions amongst the people in the camp.
بس بعرف شنو ذنب زوجي انه مسجون صار له ثمان اشهر شنو الذنب؟ اللي بكو احنا بشنو اسمك؟ وانا عندي ست اطفال كلهم قاصرين ابى اسال بس انا ابى اسال كل انسان بالدنمارك شنو ذنب زوجي؟ صار له ثمان اشهر بالسجن شنو الذنب اللي سويناه عشان احنا من فئه البدون ما عندنا اي بلد ما عندنا حقوق شنو ذنب اطفالي صار لهم ثمان اشهر من غير ابو ابى اسال كمان شنو ذنب اطفالي؟ When I come to Denmark, let me tell you what I have learned it and experienced it. I learned it. You have the right to demonstrate. You have the right to shout. The parliament has the right to close his windows and doors. The immigration has the right to close the windows and the doors. You have the right to say the truth. You have the right to struggle the rights, but the authority has the right again to increase or to tighten the life of asylum seekers. Now, we made six different demonstrations and nothing has come out. I remember you told me on the 8th of March that you feel like giving up. I remember you said that all the old activists have either given up or gone mad. I am angry because we do not have more force. I am angry that we cannot do more. I am angry that we cannot do more. She is angry that nothing is happening, no matter how loud she screams. We are angry because others think that this is right. Today we've gathered once again. We've been here before. But our struggle has been ignored. So we've come once again in front of the immigration office because this is where it all begins. We've come again to let them know that we're still here, even though they're trying to silence us, even though they're doing everything they can to make sure that we never speak so that the society never knows what they're doing. We've come to let them know that even with our last breath, that we are going to keep on fighting. We are going to keep on struggling. They want us to go back to our countries, they say. And perhaps we would have stayed in our countries if they had stayed in theirs. The thing is, they are in our countries and they take what they want. They are in our countries and they make war and they want us to be slaves. They don't want us to enter their house. But we have entered the master's house. We have challenged the idea that we cannot be visible that we do not have the right to have rights and 
that we cannot contribute to society. We take the right to participate in the construction of a world where freedom of movement is not a privilege for the few, where the camps are abolished, and where it is unthinkable to create death and destruction. And today we are standing here in hundreds, and tomorrow we'll be standing here in thousands. We have to really, it's not for the, for the, for the society, it's not enough to just show up. This is a struggle which we have to integrate into our daily lives with every choice we make. We have to be together as one and realize that together we do have a voice. They increase it to pressure us or they try to paralyze our struggle for the right to have rights. Can we stop the fighting? I told them the fighting is now. We started now and we will continue wherever we are. He said, you have cut the trees of freedom, but it will grow again because its roots are plentiful and deep.